Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is October the 13th, 2023. Hopefully this episode finds you well in good spirits and high hopes. As for me, I'm having a good one. I'm having a spooky one. Uh, happy Friday the 13th to everyone who enjoys and participates. Hopefully you're getting a cool, cheap tattoo as you're listening to this. That will be really fucking raw. Um, let's see here. I'm doing pretty well. Uh, I woke up thinking I was still, you know, sick, down with the sickness. And who knows, maybe I am, you know, but uh, it feels like I've rallied. My nose feels good. My throat feels pretty good besides, you know, the shot of bourbon I just took. You know, we're, we're vibing. We're good. So uh, we're starting off this Friday. Happy Friday, everyone. We're doing that well. We're doing that right. So hopefully you are as well. Uh, let's see here. I kind of want to just get into it. There's not much on the personal shit. You know, we've just been rocking and rolling in the free world. So, yeah, let me not uh, take up too much of your time. Also, if you're hearing any music, my neighbors upstairs are jamming. So, you know, that that happens. You know, it's a shared studio space in this complex. You can look at it that way. Um, so, yeah, let me go ahead and uh, make some music of my own, and then we'll get into some news. Actually, speaking of music, I've been getting very nostalgic listening to some System of a Down. It's been really nice. Also, I was uh, driving around listening to some Flyleaf. So, yeah, I feel like um, like a teenager today. <laughs> All right. Um, let's, let's talk about here now. From NPR News, U.S. and Qatar agreed to prevent dispersal, dispersal sorry, of recently unfrozen Iranian funds. The U.S. and Qatar have reached an agreement that the Qataris will not act on any request from Tehran for the time being to access $6 billion in Iranian front funds that were unblocked as part of a prisoner swap last month, a U.S. official said on Thursday. The move, which stops short of, stops short of a full refreezing of Iranian funds in Qatar's banking system, follows the deadly attacks by Hamas on Israel and continued Republican criticism of Biden's uh, of the Biden administration's deal with Iran, in which $6 billion was unfrozen in exchange for the release of the five detained Americans. The official who outlined the understanding between the U.S. and Qatar was not authorized to comment and spoke on the condition of anonymity. Um, so, yeah, I just off the top maybe this is a surprise or a hot take i fucking hate this i think it's so fucking stupid it makes us look like fucking clowns in terms of diplomacy because at the end of the day you know if you're not keeping up with the joneses here that's great you're probably you know living well you're, you're not you're not stressed out but like we've talked about this before in terms of you know the deal that took place and we've also talked about you know iran's potential involvement in what took place last weekend you know in in israel so their potential involvement, which has not actually been by the number proven, we just can know like, oh, well, there was some training that was done by Hamas, but we don't know if the top officials actually approved this, greenlit it. Like there's enough anonymity here that we can't actually fucking, you know, 
connect the dots. But it's enough where they're like, oh, well, we have enough reason to maybe go ahead and ask Qatar not to do this and work with them on this. And plus, I really do think that the Republican pushback that happened immediately once the deal was inked out is a huge reason, a huge factor here. And I just think it's terrible fucking politics. And I get it. I fucking get it. And the way that this all works out, Iran bad, Iran bad. But at the end of the day here, this was money that you guys specifically, it's not even, it's not even our money. Like it's not ours, it's not Qatar's. Like this was money that is Iran's for their oil. It is crazy as hell to me that we're like, oh, actually we're gonna take it back and we're gonna keep the hostages. <laughs> like that's, that's insane to me. Um, I think it plays poorly over time, but granted, you know, obviously getting into the guts of it, they haven't fully frozen it. Um, but that being said, it is money that they literally cannot even actually directly put into their pockets anyway. This is supposed to go to humanitarian aid. So like it's supposed to go to food and all these other things. And I get it like by proxy or whatever the economic term you want to use here, it allows Iran to use their money for, I don't know, nuclear weapons or terrorism, whatever. Okay, whatever. I, 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 it is their money. I, I just think it's crazy. I, no one tells America what to do. You know what I mean? We're cowboys. We're allowed to roam wherever we want with our big stick and do whatever, what have you. But, you know, Iran even whispers something apparently. And it's like, oh, yeah, no, we get to take your money back. <laughs> and once again, hold the hostages. <laughs> I, I just don't know how this plays out in the future because then it's the exact inverse of whatever the Republicans are whining about. Now it's like, well, who trusts our word now? If, if they take any more hostages, they're just going to fucking do whatever the fuck they want and make us look potentially silly for it. I don't know. I'm obviously over speculating here, but this truly does make me mad because I do, I, I like when I got into any kind of political thinking or whatever, I truly believed in democracy. I did. I still want to like, you know, I want to believe that we can reach across and, and actually talk to others and do these, these political things and like make good things happen from it. But how do you do this when you, you aren't even like, you know, of your word, in my opinion. And I just feel like this is very, uh, you know, against our word. So I don't know. We'll see how that unfolds over time. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I really do hope that Iran gets their money. Uh, you know, like uh, maybe you're calling it rooting for the villain. I don't fucking know or care, obviously, at this point. But um, yeah, man, like it's their money. They need it now. What the fuck? If, if it was anyone else, if it was our quote unquote allies, we wouldn't be hesitating here. So I, I just think it's fucking weird. I just think it's fucking odd. Uh, but let's move on to other things. We're still, you know, staying in the Middle East. Uh, from Reuters. Israel warns half of Gaza's population to move south, UN says. The United Nations said Israel's military informed it late on Thursday that 1.1 million Palestinians in Gaza should relocate to the enclave south within the next 24 hours. And what Palestinians fear could be a precursor to a planned Israeli ground offensive following a deadly Hamas attack, militant attack. The UN officials in Gaza were, foreign, infer, ugh, were informed by their liaison officers and Israeli, in the Israeli military that the entire population of Gaza, north of Wadi Gaza, should relocate to southern Gaza within the next 24 hours. UN spokesperson Stephane Dujaric said in a statement in New York. 
this amounts to approximately 1.1 million people. Nearly half of Gaza's 2.3 million population. And we are talking like edge to edge. Like people like living elbow to elbow, narrow streets, narrow alleyways, all that kind of fucking shit. High rises. Um, Mind you, shit that literally Israel top brass to say, we are going to level this so that we can fucking find Hamas and eradicate them. We, we don't care. We are just going to level all of this. So you guys cannot be in this area. That is our compromise to you. You have 24 hours. Once again, I've said this before in a previous episode, they cannot leave. They cannot leave, dude. Like you cannot go to Israel, obviously. You cannot go to Egypt because at this point you cannot cross. They literally have bombed the area. And not to mention it is hard enough as is. Maybe you're gonna be lucky if you're like, you know, someone who has like dual citizenship or something like that. It is not going to be an easy way, if not impossible, to leave. So um it just puts the people of God, it puts Palestinians in the worst situation. Like, what do you do? You just, do you wait? And they're saying, well, okay, you can move to the south. And that that's what we'll do. Well, how do you move, once again, 1.1 million people in a situation that is already elbow to elbow in a, into, into UN shelters and places? It's, it is insane to me that this is how it's going to be here. Uh, just so that, um, once again, Israel can uh, defend itself. Um, that to me is very bothersome. It's very upsetting to, um, you know, cover this kind of shit. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't justice, if you ask me. This is, this is revenge. That, that's what it looks like. That's what it feels like to me when I, when I cover the shit, when I listen to the shit, when I see the shit. Uh, like, I, I, I understand the hurt and the turmoil that people are going through. I mean, I, I cannot fully, obviously, grasp it. I only have lost a certain extent not like this. But you cannot react like this. It, it just it does it does not work. It does not solve or change anything. That is why I'm, every time I come to this, I always have to like just keep stressing. Like, yeah, I do feel like that the only way you can get through this kind of shit is negotiation. You cannot extract your pound of flesh with what I think is going to happen with this ground invasion that they are more or less insinuating. You know, with obviously all the massing of the people. Why am I saying insinuating? That's what they said they were going to do eventually. Uh, but obviously the fear is, like for Israeli, you know, militaries that you are literally running into a trap here. And that's why they're like, okay, well, we're doing all these airstrikes and all this. But it's like, all you're doing is leveling the people. Like, I, I just do not see the justice here. I do not see what progress can be made here. This just feels terrible. It just looks insane to me. Um, and, it, and it really does fill me with fucking sorrow. And, and look, I, I am trying to do the best I can to do this fucking both sides shit. You know, I'm hearing all the stories I can, you know, from everything that happened that fucking night. You know what I mean? I do my best to go and look at the fucking history of this shit, where we are now from as far back as I can go. You look, dude, you know, I looked at the fucking goddamn Bible. At least part of that is the Torah, you know, to some extent, right? Goddamn. So, I don't know, man. Um, obviously, this shit is fucking upsetting. Uh, but I am going to, you know, try to do my best to keep you all posted. Um, let's go ahead and move to the states, though. We do have some shit going on in the good old U.S. of A. Um, from NBC News, House Speaker live updates. Republicans nominate Jim Jordan in private vote. 
Uh, let's see. I'll actually read a little bit more here. Uh, Republicans first voted to nominate Steve Scalise on Wednesday, but after failing to get enough support to win a floor vote, the Louisiana Republican dropped out on Thursday. So this is more or less where we're at as of Friday. Um, essentially, Steve Calise initially nabbed the speakership nomination, but was immediately met with like the realization that he was not going to get a full enough turnover. I think he won against Jim Jordan 113 to 99. I don't know. I think those are the numbers. But I think he needed like 17 people total uh, to turn over and that he just couldn't make enough promises. He couldn't suck and fuck enough to make that happen. So he limped his ass on out. And now we are on uh, fucking Jim Jordan. Fucking Jim fucking Jordan. And I've been thinking about this today. I've been thinking about this lately. We are not making fun of, as, as a local Ohioan, this is my fault. I take responsibility. It's my bad. I got to take the L because we as Ohioans are not making fun of Jim Jordan enough. I remember being a kid or teenage, whatever, and there was a John, John fucking Boner, Boner, whatever the fuck he was, Mr. Dick Taker. Um, you know, he was a fucking speaker for a time. He was a guy, local, and we were clowning that motherfucker. We, we had so many dick jokes on the ready. I didn't even care about politics at the goddamn time, but we were letting him rip, Beyblade. And here we are now, grown as adults, us millennials, and we are just dropping the ball. We are not serving. So I'm gonna do my best to talk about the Skeletor ass motherfucker a little bit more when I can, while he's got his little fucking 15 seconds of fame, because I don't think he stands a chance, to be honest. He's already a fucking loser, bro. I don't get how he's going to churn and burn more. Um, also, a thing I haven't touched on, because, I mean, essentially this whole house shit is a nothing burger. Congress is a fucking nothing burger. We don't do anything in our Congress. God damn it. But um, McCarthy did come up in the news. He did the like whole, um, you know, mafioso emperor type shit where he's like, hey, look, you know, I said I was out. I said I'm done. But if, if my name's on the ballot, if people are saying, hey, if my name's coming up, I'll, I'll, I will serve again. I will serve a speaker again. Now, I don't think he stands a snowball's chance in hell. It would be a funny little turnover if he does wind up getting it back. But um, neither do I think is old Jim, Jimmy Jim, Jimmy Jam Jordan. Um, and I also have to mention the reason why I do not like this motherfucker is because not only is he a conservative, he's like of the like alt, like, you know, he's more radical, you know, this motherfucker was like, you know, he has his little fingers in the January 6th pie, you feel me? So fuck this motherfucker. Fuck you, Jimmy. You get the fucking tomato town. Fuck you from Cincinnati. We don't like you. I don't like you. I'm not a fan. Boo. So yeah, I wish you nothing but failure. And, um, yeah, we could do better, <laughs> but we'll see. I mean, truly, truly the house is a mess. They can't seem to fucking get this shit together. And, um, you know, this is a bit of a, you know, one half. We got to talk about the Senate. I'm going to probably talk about them tomorrow or Sunday. We got some, uh, you know, some senators to talk about in the next episode or, you know, future episodes for sure. Um, but we have one more thing to cover and then I'll let you get onto this Friday, this Friday. All right. All right. All right. But you know me. I'm going to take my little break. Mmm. Oh, yeah. Tasty. Mmm. 
Oh man. Okay. I'm I'm sorry. I'm doing a little bit of a tangent. I'm looking at this Grubhub commercial. <laughs> it's got Snoop Dogg in like this satin like uh, suit. He looks like an auntie. I love it. So happy for him. <coughs> Ooh. Okay. All right. Let's be professional. Ooh. Okay. Halle Berry. Halle Berry. Okay. From Reuters. Kaiser Permanente. Union Coalition reaches tentative deal after strike. Woohoo! We love to see it, baby. We love to see a union win, baby. Okay. A union coalition for Kaiser Permanente healthcare workers reached a tentative labor deal with the hospital system on Friday that included across the board wage increases after 75,000 um, members took part in a three-day strike last week. The strike was the largest recorded among medical workers and included nurses, medical medical technicians, and staff support at hundreds of Kaiser hospitals and clinics from California to Virginia. The new minimum wages will reach $25 per hour in California for union-represented employees over three years and $23 per hour in other states where the company operates, a joint statement by the union and, com- and the company said. Now, as per usual, we still got to wait for, you know, everyone to sign off on it, you know, all the ink to dry, all that. But um, I'm super happy to see this. I-, I think it's super great to see another union victory, especially in something like the medical field and something that was literally so, like, boom, like just almost felt like one punch in a way in that regard where it's like, look, we're doing this three-day strike and then they're like, okay, next one's going to be for a week and I think it was like going to be in November and they're like, okay, whoa, 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 whoa and they said, okay, we're going to come to the table. We're going to give you what you need, what you fucking need and that's great. Like I just fucking love to see it. Clap it up. Um, so that's a dub here. We love to talk about a fucking win, some fucking good news. Uh, you know, sadly, we got to tinge it with a little bit of bad before we close out. Um, well, yeah, mix, mix. I, I shouldn't say fully bad, but, um, you know, the United Auto Workers strike is still continuing. Um, I know it's kind of been a push and pull, um, you know, hey, excuse me, these places actually aren't working with us as much, so we are going to have to, like, actually go back out, hit the line, you know, things like that. So it's a bit of turning and burning, but it's still continuing. And I still think it's it's going well. It's still effective. Um, as for SAG-AFTRA, the actor strike, uh, you know, we did talk about the writers. That was the dub. But um, the uh, actors still seems to be a bit of a push and pull. Um, they had to kind of leave the table as uh, last time I checked because, uh, you know, the numbers are just not lining up from the other side. And that kind of, in a way, does make sense because the writers got what they wanted, we kind of thought, well, okay, it's just going to be like, cool, let's just give service along the board. And it's like, no, we need to now maybe say, hey, no, you guys got to bear the brunt. Oh, someone's got to tuck and take the bag here. It's not going to be us. And so, I don't know. I think there's a little bit of that. It's my speculation there. But, um, you know, I'm still hoping for a good result there. Uh, I'm still rooting for it. So we'll see. We'll see. You know, I'm still honking for my local UAWs when they're out there on the line. We'd love to see that shit. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's the news. That's where I want to leave it for this episode. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. I do have to shill a little bit, quick bit. Patreon.com says Isaiah News. If you'd like to support the effort, 
Uh, you become a newsie. I shout you out. Say your name on the podcast. Uh, free ways to hit me up, IsaiahNews1 at gmail.com. As well as all the socials, you can find me there or the podcast there. And then let's see here. I say, I say, I say. Um, oh, the YouTube. YouTube. Can't forget the YouTubes. Thank you so much if you're listening on YouTube. That's pretty cool. That's great. Um, feel free to subscribe, maybe. That'd be great. That would mean a lot to the podcast, a lot to the effort. And then thumbs up, uh, you know, all the reviews. Please, uh, nice little comment. That'd be nice. That'd be lovely. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for being a friend. And hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye-bye. Mwah.